This is Matt. This is Mike. And this is Russ. And you are listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. We are up to episode 27. That means we're over six months old, guys. How are we sustaining this level of enthusiasm? I do not know. Enthusiasm <laughs> with plenty of cake. That's plenty of cake. Plenty of sunshine. Strong. <laughs> so how have you been? Uh, good, thank you. Lots of uh, sunshine this week. I know we harp on about the weather, but it really is quite hot here at the moment, and long may it continue. Yeah, it's a, uh, a mild heat wave down in the south. I think we're due to peak at around about 30 degrees today. Uh, the Iron Maiden Troop beers are ready to go, and I sense a barbecue on the horizon, so let's get going, chaps. Not that we're entered in, into any English summer cliches, beer, barbecues. <laughs> and beer. <laughs> so, Mike, um, we missed you. You were in Romania. What was it like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, it was rather than just like a normal touristy holiday, I got to be um, taken round by friends of friends after I went to a wedding. So I spent a week going um, to various places in the mountains and other uh other places around Transylvania and saw a castle whilst was there and all pretty good. Excellent, excellent. And what have you been up to, Russ? I was going to say, one of us needs to ask Mike, did you actually bump into Dracula or any sort of remnants of Dracula whilst you were in Transylvania? Uh, no, because the actual Dracula, um, the whole thing is in Bran, I believe, which is in, in the north, which north, north, which was a bit too far from where we are. That's where um, Vlad's castle is. I think anything else that's got the Dracula theme to it, it's all just a bit of a money-making con, I believe. Cool, there you go. That's the first you know, external fact on the Empty Spiral podcast. We might yes. start with geography and travel next. Yes, head, head, head over to Bran, which is where the original castle is. Cool. I, I love the way that you get tourism taken over sites like that. I remember a couple of years ago I went to Tintagel mm. um, on the west coast of England and you drive into Tintagel and don't get me wrong Tintagel is a lovely place and the remains of the castle are fantastic uh, but because of the whole link to King Arthur legends you drive into the, the into the Merlin car park <laughs> which I think is brilliant the idea that Merlin the wizard had a car park named after him uh, is fantastic great so how about you Russ what have you been up to this week me, um, aside from work, mostly catching up on some Slipknot this week, so uh, it's been a heavy metal, metal week, so no complaints there. Yeah, I've noticed you've, you've got the old vinyls out and you're giving them a spin. Yeah, giving them a spin, so um, yeah, go, go on retro this week, retro indeed. Well, I'm barely awake today because it was three o'clock this morning when I finished The Last of Us on my PS3. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm a little bit tired but uh, oh, it was fantastic absolutely great game and if you've got a PS3 then I highly recommend you get it I mean, it's a defining game it actually feels wrong calling it a game it's not. It's one of those things you kind of experience really I loved it, absolutely loved it so yeah, okay, well news this week uh, just quickly really just a reminder to everybody that um, Jeremy Safer's Prince of Christina are still available uh, mine arrived yesterday and uh, the one I got was absolutely fantastic. The uh, the chrome paper that it's printing on and the picture itself, it looks absolutely amazing. So I think that needs to be signed and go up on my wall at some stage. It looks really, really great. And I'd highly recommend that uh, you pick them up where you can. I've checked today and at least two of them are now sold out. Uh, possibly even three, in fact. So it's definitely worth picking up while you can. So uh, anybody who's been listening to the podcast will know that, uh, firstly, it's our 10-year celebration this year. You will also know that there's been a 10-year prize draw 
free prize draw for everybody. I've had hundreds of people send me pictures and messages. It's taken me days to go through it all, but I'm pleased to say we have uh, randomly selected the 10 winners and you will be contacted today. So check out your emails, check out your Twitter feeds, messages on Facebook, uh, PMs on the Empty Spiral Forum because 10 of you lucky people will be receiving a big bundle of Lacuna Core merchandise and one person will also be receiving the unique Marco artwork which celebrates 10 years of the Empty Spiral community so um, yeah do check things out today as I say uh, and get back to me because obviously I need to know where to send all these goodies okay well this week we also managed to catch up with Lacuna Core vocalist Andrea and we had a very interesting review with him a review very interesting interview with him didn't we guys we did yeah, always yeah. good to chat with andrea and um i think we've mentioned before very insightful interviews yeah so what we're going to do is it's quite a long interview it turned out in the end um and we're going to break it up into two so the first one will be fo- focusing on the touring that the band have done and his own experiences of that uh and then we'll be talking about other things uh in the next podcast so uh have a listen and I hope you enjoy it. What a day, I can barely keep my eyes wide open. I don't want to see straight. What a day, feels like my breath is heavy again. And I'm totally... Welcome, Andrea. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? <laughs> We're very well, thank you. Thank yeah, you for... I'm good. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Um, so we've got some random questions which I'm hoping you can help us with. Uh, in a number of interviews, you've mentioned that you're looking to release a new album in 2014. So can you give us an update on how the songwriting process is going so far? Yes, we, we have a, a lot of music at the moment. We have like 14 ideas of songs or, or maybe something more. And um, Marco, since he's not been touring with us last year, he had a lot of time to collect a lot of the ideas already. And now uh, Pizza and Mouse are also contributing with some parts and riffs that then Marco's going to assemble in a Lacuna song, you know, because he's the, the inner producer of the band. He's the guy who can turn uh, music or vocals into a Lacuna Coil and giving more of a identity in that in that way so now we're we have a lot of music and we we just started to, to collect ideas for the vocals as well and some brief ideas also on the lyrics uh, at least we collect a lot of stuff and then we see which one are gonna fit to the in in the actual record but um it's kind of a, a busy schedule now because marco is also producing some bands here in italy and uh, we are we have to play some shows uh, one in the Ukraine and um, one in uh, in Vietnam. That is going to take at least between the two shows. It's going to take like ten days uh, away from the songwriting. So it's it's we're kind of trying to find the right spot for 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 everybody to to fit in for the for the album. But we we are some pretty good ideas and there is. Uh, yesterday, for example, I played some of the demos to a friend of mine and he told me that it's something different again. It's like, you can tell where, where we're coming from, but it's definitely uh, another new version of the band. You know, it's pretty heavy, actually. It's pretty, there's a lot of uh, riffs and a lot of parts and that are really heavy. So it's something that is going to surprise again 
the crowd. <laughs> I think you always go out of your way to surprise us. I'm pretty convinced of that. I think it's... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, every album, as everybody know, we change a little bit. And this time, we, we're definitely starting from Dark Adrenaline. But there are some stuff that might remind you a little bit more of the past and some other stuff that it's very heavy and groovy. So we kind of not, not really... Mm, not really trying to to fit too much in our own cliche you know we just try to go with the flow and try to do what whatever we like to do uh if it's heavy that's fine you know if there's going to be some girl vocal there will be some girl vocal so it's going to be something more at least right now and the way we're working right now it's going to be very free very going just going with a passion for the music well, we've just been reviewing Half-Life and before that in a reverie, so we're kind of, uh, what's the best way to put this? We're reviewing the past right now, so don't shy away from the growling vocals because we love those. <laughs> no, we're actually kind of bringing, I'm, I'm not going to say that we're going to bring it back because I'm not sure that it's going to be in the final <laughs> record, you know, but so far we're just going wherever we want, you know, we just, if if we come up with a part that it's a growl vocal, why not? You know, we just do it. We don't really mind if recently we haven't been using it a lot, but we just go with whatever we, we feel fits the song at the moment. You know, we're not not worry about just writing songs that are going to be suitable for what Lacuna Coil is, but just go and do whatever it's in the, in the pipeline, you know, whatever comes to our mind. And then we will judge in the end when we collect enough finished song we're going to judge if it's good enough or not you know just out of interest you mentioned that you have 14 songs at the moment uh how do you is there a particular way that you decide which which songs make the cut and get on the album or how do you go about doing that no i mean when we start working the vocals uh, it could become even more, you know, because sometimes you start with a song and then you try to find, like, for example, a part for the verse or for the bridge that sounds so good that maybe you think it could be a good chorus for another song. So from one song, then you move to two songs and then you just take that part and use it for another one. So it's very generic now and we can say there are like 14, 15 uh, demo music songs kind of in a demo shape and and then probably there will be even more songs but we only gonna pursue the one that are more convincing the one that are that we feel are like really good songs you know so in the end we have to see in the time window that we have you know how many of those could become real songs you know maybe there will be even more than that but we just judge about the quality and the, the feeling you have from one song if it's something that it's sounding too much like what we have already done we maybe keep it for a bonus track or something like that you know it has to feed the mood of the record sure sure just just one final thing on the songwriting uh, do you ever take into account how a song might be played and and sound live the live vibe of it or when you do you focus solely on what it will sound like as a part of an album when you're creating your music does that ever a factor ever come into it at all yeah we we're, we're trying to do that now more than than how much we have done it in the past you know because sometimes when you're in the studio it's easy to put a lot of arrangements a lot of very high parts for the vocals for example that then are, are hard to reproduce live because 
you, what you can do once in the studio it doesn't mean you can do every day on a live show you know on a tour so we're trying to to keep everything everything in a way that we can do it very well live as well you know for the first time and and sometimes we're also changing the speed of the songs uh, especially once we we kind of learn a little bit of the 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 um, the basic structure of the song we go in the practice room and then we we make the the click faster or slower for the songs depending on how they actually sound on the on the live practice room you know because it's very different when you have something on a computer and when you turn it into real music played by human being you know that it takes a completely different uh beat a completely different vibe you know so sometimes you need to put more speed in the song because that's that's the way you realize uh, is the best for the song, you know, when you play it in the practice room. So what is in a demo version on a computer can actually change a lot because of the live practicing. Okay, um, moving on to live then. You've just come off quite a long tour with Seven Dust. How did the tour go for you guys? It was great. I mean, even if it was uh, three months in total and we were kind of a little afraid because we haven't done that kind of touring in a long time, so we we were a little worried about how we could uh you know resist in a way you know how we could uh make the tour be fun all the time and not be boring uh, or tiring psychologically and and not only physically but in the end of the day it's been a really really good tour and there there has been a variety of situation uh we've been facing like uh, going we started the tour on the um, 70,000 tons of metal the the cruise from Miami to the Caribbean and that has been a lot of fun more in between a, a vacation and a festival situation then we've been joining uh Seven Dust for the regular tour with them and then we we had another break because we went to South America for our own headline run for like 12 13 days then join Seven Dust again, and then in the final part of the tour, Cold Chamber joined the tour as well. So it became a different kind of tour. And the first part with Seven Dust was all in a little town in a, what they call the radio markets. You know where the, where there are all the local radios in the little states and little towns in America. And then the final part with Cold Chamber was just the big cities, the the so-called A market. So it's been a lot of different situation that has made the tour fun and and we really had a great time even if marco and and chris were not with us but we had ryan which is a good friend and a great drummer so we we had a really really good time we also had time to visit places we tried to be more open you know to to do different stuff and not sitting on the bus all day and getting bored (laughs) the um the south american part of the tour that you mentioned a few moments ago uh, we've talked to ourselves about how emotional and passionate the South American fans are. What was your experience of, of that tour? Yeah, definitely. The people over there really was really waiting for the show and they, they grieve like 100% when when they were listening to the music, especially Brazil and Argentina. They were really, really loud and singing every word from beginning to the end. But also uh, Uruguay was the first time we, we went there. And it was a really good show. And uh, Chile is always good. And uh, Mexico, it's one of the best places for us uh, out of Europe. It's probably the best place because people is so much uh, connecting with our music. And they, they actually, Mexico is the first place we went 
out of Europe. You know, even before we we start, started touring in the States, Mexico was the very first place we went to uh, with Theater of Tragedy in, in 2001. So it, it's there is kind of a special connection with Mexico for some reason, and and the show to end the the Latin American experience in Mexico was the best, you know, and and then not only the show, but we only had, we also had a a day off, so we went to visit the the pyramids, the um, Aztec pyramids, and it was uh, an amazing sight. When I always wanted to go, so it was a very special moment of the tour. On the subject of touring, you, you mentioned that uh, you've not had um, Chicho or Marco with you uh, on the last tour. How how did that how did that work for you guys? I mean, obviously it must feel very different. What was both technically and from a performance perspective? How did that change what you guys did? Well, mostly it was for Marco because um, instead of Chicho, we had Ryan. So there there was just another drummer. You had, you need to get used to his way of playing the songs, but that's about it, you know, you still have a person. So it, it was different, but it wasn't as different as not having a bass player, you know, and having more the tracks instead of Marco was very different. On, on one way it worked out pretty well because of course the sound is it's easier to mix because of uh, having a, uh, a digital input, it's easier to mix than having a, a real instrument playing live, especially the bass, which is uh, it's not the easiest instrument to mix in a full band you know and also on stage it was kind of comfortable just being five instead of six because for the movement and everything was easier to find your your own so the stage is just more balanced so it was easier and we were already used because we did the european tour as well in that in that setup with five people of course it was a more difficult on a personal uh, point of view you know not having our friend, our brother Marco, with us, it was different, you know, and we were communicating with him with uh, WhatsApp and all the emails and stuff. So we were telling him, oh, today we do this, today we do that. But it's not the same thing, you know, once you're not on tour, you're not on tour. And, you know, you have your own life and you, even if you keep yourself informed, but it's not the same thing, you know. And he was really suffering the fact that he wasn't with us, you know, probably it was more difficult for him. Uh, not being on the road, we just had to get used to the different setup, but then it was fine. You know, for him, it was more of a su- suffering. You know, it was more hard to to not being with us, not sharing the fun and the and all the experiences. Yeah, I can completely understand that. You um, you mentioned earlier that you've got a Vietnam tour coming up. You're playing Ho Chi Minh. So, how did that come about? And are you looking forward to it? It must be a completely new. <laughs> arena for you guys yeah yeah it's I, I really don't know what to expect because I've never been there uh, yeah we've been to Japan we've been to India which are close to that place but not probably it's quite a different spot again you know it's it's I'm very curious about the place about the food and, and the people and I'm sure it's gonna be a great show you know I think not so many bands go there so I, I'm sure it will be a very special event for them hopefully that would be technically a good enough setup, but I'm pretty sure that it won't be a problem, you know, and everything, it could be missed on the technical side. It will be had by the enthusiasm of the people and of the band that is going to be very uh, willing to go there, you know. So I'm really curious and I really want to go. And now it's very, it's just a couple of weeks away. So 
it's getting you know the the attention is getting there and we will have a very long um, set list because we we will play uh we never play there so we have to play a lot of the songs also from the past kind of a a dark legacy set without the acoustic of course because it's then it's going to be too complicated <laughs> to do that well, I think it's fair to say that the three of us are quite jealous and I don't know about you guys, but I've been trying to save up some money to go with the Vietnam, but it's not happening. It's <laughs> on the agenda, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it will be it will be something completely new. So of course we are excited and we really wanna see what it's all about, you know. Well we we're sticking with the subject of Tori right now. Um what's your favorite venue to play? Do you have one? And if so, what is it and why is that the case? I don't have just one. I think it's every nation kind of have its own special place, you know, especially where you tour a lot, like in the UK or in the US when you, or Germany, when you do more than one show, you know, and there is always some really cool places to visit. Um, on of the ones we've been recently, probably I, we had a great time in, um, in a venue that maybe is not that good in terms of the size is not really big and it's not crazy in quality you know it's not like super quality but it's a special place in in farmington in uh, uh, new mexico in the states because the crowd is like 85 to 90 percent of american indian people you know so heritage people and they are totally crazy you know so every time we play that place and it's the only venue in that area, you know, so all everybody showed up and it's a crazy, crazy show. You know, that you see kids uh, crowd surfing, like I've seen like 12 years old crowd surfing uh, and then go back and then start again nonstop for the entire show. And people is really loud and there is a, such a special atmosphere, but it's not only the place, you know, it's together the place and the crowd that makes that place special but it's cool because it's in the middle of a very small town in the middle of the de- desert so there's not much else to do you know but the people just have a great time there and we always have a great show that sounds like an amazing place yeah yeah it's really there's just like one diner and that place and then the rest of the town it's pretty kind of dead you know <laughs> there's not much happening but it, it is special. But as I say, there is not the only place. You know, of course, you have a lot of places in every nation that could be a great show. You know? Is it fair to say that the people make the venue? Then it's not about the place; it's about the crowd, I guess. Yeah, definitely, some venues that has have a better vibe than some others. You know, because of the shape, because of the furnitures. You know, especially in the UK, there are a lot of old theater which are pretty cool, and but. Mm, it's it's a combination of the the good setup from the venue and the fact that the crowd is awesome you know that makes a completely different show you know what's your favorite most favorite aspect of playing live then andrea um i think it's all about the, the interaction with the people you know it's it's really we we've never been a band that has been very interested in the technique or that kind of stuff we're more about the feelings of the music you know communicating and 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 sharing feelings with the crowd. That's what the band is about. You know, we never been, we never wanted to be like a super technical band. We're all very based upon feelings, not not really about technique. So we like to have a show where the people really participate to the show. That's the most important thing. And that's probably what we get the most from the people, you know, the exchange of energy 
that's what makes uh, the tour worth, you know, beside the fact that you have to work and you have to make some money, but it's also to face a long tour and keep enjoying it. It's also about the show because most of the day you just wait for the show to happen. And so there's, there are some days where you have time to visit or to meet somebody that you don't see very often and you can have a good time. But most of the days are pretty boring on tour. So to, to wait all day for the show, it means that you are there for the show mostly. You know? And that's what it's the most important thing is to have this kind of reaction from the people. When you don't have that, you kind of feel you've been wasting your time, you know, because even if it's a sold out show, whatever, but if there is no good interaction, good uh, exchange of energy, you kind of feel you're wasting a night, you know. I can understand that. And I, I, I was going to ask what's your least favorite, but it, it sounds to me like when you don't get that interaction, that, as you say. Yeah, when you can't get the crowd to really fully enjoy the show. Because, you know, many reasons, you know, sometimes it's just not the right night or you don't have uh, people just see you for the first time. So they're not really, they don't know all the songs or stuff like that. So sometimes you don't connect totally with the people. And that's kind of a shame because you're going to try to put a hundred percent to make the show as good as the other ones. But, you know, it's never going to be the same. Um, one final question on tour and then Dark Adrenaline, your last album, uh, came out beginning of last year you didn't get the opportunity really to tour it in I guess what many bands would consider the traditional sense uh, you were focused on the Dark Legacy tour so how did that change your interaction with the album were there some songs that you maybe didn't get a chance to play as much as you would like to or you know what would you do differently if you could do it again yeah, we, we had a lot of ideas for the setup because um, we did a little videos before the album came out, the little uh, clips, and so we had a lot of visual ideas that we could have used for the, the, the proper Dark Adrenaline tour. But since it was a good, good time to, to celebrate the band and we had a good offer for the Dark Legacy tour, we decided to go to do that first and then see maybe if we could do a proper Dark Adrenaline tour, but it didn't happen because the Dark Legacy was quite successful, so we had to, to do it first in, uh, in America, then in Europe, then in South America. So in the end, we mostly did the, the Dark Legacy tour. So I'm sure with the next record, we're going to try to do more of a, of a setup that is more connected to strictly to the album. I, I did promise that that would be the last question, but I've once just sprung to mind, which I need to ask you. Were there any songs off the album that you really would like to have played live during the last 18 months and just didn't get the chance to? No, not a specific one, but maybe because, you know, if you rehearse the song and then you they take their own shape for the live show, then you realize how much you would like to, to play a song or not. In the last tours, we've been playing um, Intoxicated, which was one of the songs we really wanted to play live, and it worked out pretty well. So I'm sure we will also in the future bring some of the other songs we haven't been playing on the live setup. So there will be the chance you now. So there's not one that we haven't. I think that the main song we, we've been playing, uh, those are the most important ones. And then maybe there will be time to, to to take one of those and that we haven't played and just bring it out on the next future tours you know
big shout out to Andrea for joining us this week. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, as uh, we said earlier, it's always great to talk to you, and uh, it's fantastically insightful on uh, pretty much every topic we discuss. Which brings us on to our review this week. We are starting the trek into the world of Unleashed Memories, the second full-length album of Lacuna Cores. It was published in 2001, I believe, mm-hmm. and subsequently re-released in 2005, or was it 2006? I think it was 2005, wasn't it? Yeah, and then it came yeah, out again so. in 2011. Yes, it was uh, kind of re-released to celebrate, uh, was it 20, quite some 20 years or 15 years of Century Media? Something like that, wasn't it? I picked up another copy, so I have loads of these things lying around, like toasters at the moment. And, <laughs> so not I should, coasters. No, I should say coasters rather than toasters. <laughs> I, I haven't got quite as many copies of Unleashed Members as I've got copies of um, coasters that you gave me a download. I've got quite a few of those. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we're getting distracted again. So... The first song on the album is Air of a Dying Day. Now, I believe Mike's going to start us first with this one. Yes, I believe it is me. So, what do you think of this song? Um, I just think the whole thing from start to finish is amazing. I think that looking back over the previous stuff we've reviewed, you could um, almost say that everything's um, split. I would say that the career up until now is split through one style and then it starts as a reinvention for themselves with this album. Uh, and to start off with this song, I think, is um, it's it's very, very intriguing what it's about. Um, it's hard to say whether it's either a father figure or God, maybe, that they're referring to, that, uh, or whether Christina's talking to that person or whether it's like a dreamlike um, thoughts that's going on. But I just think that the whole thing from start to finish works really well and it's a really good opener. What do you think? Uh, is that aimed at me? Uh, well, <laughs> either of you. <laughs> okay, um, right. I actually don't know how to review this song. So I, I'll do it like I do every other. I love the guitars, the opening, but those initial slow guitars and then the bass hitting in about 30 seconds into the song are just brilliant really good opening both to the song and to the album that follows uh i think it's fair to say that we all agree that christina's voice is always beautiful but in this particular song she sounds absolutely incredible i don't think i've ever heard her sound better than she does actually in air of a dying day her voice has matured over the years but in this particular song itself there is a sort of innocence and an understated power which definitely comes across in the a chorus particularly but my god wow it just sounds incredible Andrea's close harmony when that kicks in I, I just if that's I think there needs to be more of it you know if I could say one bad thing about this song I'd say bad it's all relative I wish there was more close harmony throughout the rest of the song because here is the first time you hear it and for me and I'll come on to this in a little while the first time I 
ever heard Lagoon of Coil was this song it was just knock you out of the park type stuff for me it was amazing one of the things that I think people tend to forget about I know Rush you mentioned it when we were reviewing songs is the drums and I think in particular the drums in this song are fantastic I, I love it I mean, the, the, everything just renders together into this marvellous track there's close harmonies there's a sense of kind of gothic mystery about it it's brilliant absolutely brilliant favourite parts of the song probably the break and reprise at about three minutes in three 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 and a half minutes a slow part and then from four minutes in we have Andrea sort of joining in for the the final sort of gusto where uh, Christina's kind of harmonising and, and he's uh, supporting her with song it's um it's just a superb song really I, I mentioned before that I struggle to review this I get quite emotional when I listen to this song it's probably the song that really kind of chokes me up a little bit but that's because it was the first Lacuna Core song I ever heard and it was the opening bars of this song and then the subsequent lyrics which kind of gave me and I've mentioned this to people before and I think I even wrote about it once on Empty Spiral that musical epiphany that I think I had in 2003 which has led on to you know everything else that I've done after them really both in terms of the mu- music that I've listened to there isn't a single song or I say a single song a single band that I've got into since 2003 that hasn't been as a consequence of listening to this one song it just everything follows on from there because from listening to one, this one song I got into Lacuna Coil I started a site people recommended bands to me so everything else just snowballs from this one point in time and I, I that can never be taken away from me and I I absolutely love this song you know I, I, I actually struggle to give this a number um, but I will in a minute lyrically it's just a, actually a fascinatingly poetic song I don't know now there's obviously as you say Mike there's obviously kind of God there's there's, there's a saviour there's symbolism in here however I think there's so much ambiguity in this song I don't know whether this is a, a, a song about faith or I don't know whether this is a song about questioning the value of a saviour or at least the faith that one has in a saviour type figure. There is definitely a, a sense of questioning of what one believes about the world and, and about faith itself. When Christina sings the, the, that line, just feed it, it implies to me that actually this saviour figure or this, this faith, this religion, whatever it might be, uh, and I'm not talking about, even if it's just sort of spirituality, I'm not talking about what we would describe as religions of the world. It could be faith in anything, any belief in anything, is actually something that's being fed by your own obsession in it. You know, is it even real? Having said that, it could be the absolute opposite. My favourite line in the song, I say line, a couple of lines, is when she says, comes after the rain to please your eyes with all the colours that you cannot see. I That's just incredible. Uh, it's so poetic. And if you sort of take time to analyse that it, it again it implies that someone is providing you something that you don't understand what it is and yet you're you are possibly becoming obsessed with in your efforts to find out more about it I, I just great 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 song I've rambled on for too long Russ what do you think about it I think me and Mike should give you a stand innovation for that review that's what yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you've pretty much summed everything up to a T to be honest um, I agree with the sentiments that you both said I've always viewed this as a song about sort of faith and perhaps a, 
not a prayer, but almost like it's some form of reflection upon sort of God talking to God or thinking along that sort of lines. Um, musically, I love it. I think it sets the album up brilliantly, um, time-wise, everything that's going to follow. It's got that very strong intro of the twin guitars, and it really does set the perfect mood for everything that follows. Um, I love the haunting vocal introduction by Christina, and I agree with everything that Match just said about the vocal performance. It's, it's brilliant. Uh, I love the vocal harmonies, which are very, very strong throughout this album. Um, it sort of, you know, begins, as I said, with that beautiful vocal by Christina. Andrea then sort of cuts in, and then Christina comes back in with the chorus. And you kind of, it's the first time you listen to it, and even today, thinking this album's like, what, 11, 12 years old, it's just bang, it just hits you. Um, agree again, the drumming is brilliant. There's sort of that mini tribal breakdown. Um, and then the song carries on into the next verse. Uh, the extended vocal phrases are brilliant. And just generally, all around, it's a truly great song. So other than just repeating everything the pair of you have said, as I mentioned, it's just great. So, Mike, what are you going to give this one out of 10? Well, um, I could give it a 10, but I think that would be unfair on the other stuff that's to come. So I'll give it a very, very strong 9. I just oh. think it's fantastic. One of Mike's very strong numbers again. Yes. <laughs> Nine from Mike. What about you, Russ? Me, as much as I like this song, um, and it is a brilliant song, it's probably um, an eight for me, but I've only basing that upon the rest of what's to come. So you can imagine it's going to be probably, not full south tens, but there's going to be quite a few coming. So this is an eight out of ten for me. You probably don't need me to tell you guys what I think of this song in terms of number. <laughs> uh, but I'll say it anyway. This for me is a 10 out of 10 song. On a very personal level as well, I, I, I cannot get away from the fact that this is one of the single most emotional songs that I listen to. Not just because of the content of the song, but also what it means to me personally. It means to my, my love of music and the way my taste in music and everything that's, that's happened as a consequence of sitting down one Sunday night, putting this CD on, listening to it and kind of being blown away from it. Uh, I, I guess one thing I was I did want to say is that if and when you listen to Air of a Dying Day, listen to it loud and listen to it in a dark room. That's what I did. Wow. Mm-hmm. Blew me away. That brings us to a close in our rev- review of Air of a Dying Day, the first song off of the Lacuna Grant album Unleashed Memories. Uh, we've got a bit of a journey ahead of us with the rest of the songs on this album, which is considered by many to be a standout album in the band's career. So going to be a bit of a challenge, guys. Yeah, definitely. But one that we look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that brings us to a close in episode 27 of the Empty Spiral podcast. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today and uh, continue to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we're also looking forward to interviewing some fellow fans on in the Lacuna Core community. So please get in contact with us if you want to join us on the podcast. We look forward to talking to you, uh, finding out all about you and uh, your love of Lacuna Core. So if there's any extroverts out there that want to uh, shout out about Lacuna Core and then join us on the podcast please do if you do want to get in contact with us you can do so via the webpage at uh, emptyspiral.net which is www.emptyspiral.net you can also contact with us via 
I can't talk today. I'm still thinking all day of a dying day. Uh, you can also get in contact with us via the Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com, of course, forward slash net. And we're on Twitter, which is at EmptySpileNet. If you like the podcast, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, we really want to find out what you think of it. If you want us to change anything, let us know, etc., etc., etc. Whew! It's been a bit of an intense week so far. Air of a dying day, interview with Andrea. I, I need to go and have a lay down. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, um, guys, I'm off to probably replay the end of The Last of Us again because it was just so good. How about you guys? I'm going for a nice long walk, I think, in the sunshine. Sounds like a good plan, Mike. How about you, Russ? Yeah, I think that sounds like a plan. I might even uh, grab the iPod and uh, continue the theme and hit up some livies to livies to hide. Oh, prepare for next week. Doing your homework already. That's Good it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks very much, everybody, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Cheers, everyone. Cool. Cheers. <laughs>